Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We're at episode number 87. My name is Elvis. And I'm Barbara. How's everybody doing? I am doing well. How are you? I was just thinking I asked that question and nobody can really talk back to me, so I'm great. It's Friday. (laughs) It's almost Thanksgiving. Life is good. We're busy, so I'm good. Yeah, have you hit the end of the year rush yet? Yes, we, we certainly have. I'm spending uh, most of my days back on the bench, which I absolutely love, in conjunction with running the lab, which is fun. But uh, yeah, it's busy. Busy, busy, busy. What are you doing? Uh, Stacking porcelain? Glazing? What are you doing? uh, Layering Emacs, smile design cases, contacts, layering, contour, glazing, polishing, doing everything, really. Have your dad into trim dyes yet? (laughs) No, he actually hasn't been in in a long time. You better give him a call. He's going to feel neglected. Yeah. Or not. He's out partying. Yeah. Spending all his hard-earned money. There you go. We'll all be there someday, I hope. Yep, me too. So we're actually going to take a break from the conversations that I got at the Whitmix Digital Forum. Come on. Really? Are you sure you want to do that? Well, we want to bring you a very special episode. It's all about the upcoming 2020 Vision 21 meeting. This year's theme is Sharpen Your Focus, which I know we can all do after the holidays. Actually, I really like the word focus. I have it all over the laboratory. As a very young person, my dad always uh, pushed me to focus, focus, focus. So I love it. And it's my theme, which is great. Are we not going to say anything about fuckus? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you guys forgot about that, but yeah. Sharpen your fuckus. Focus. <laughs> Fans of the show will understand. We've cleaned the podcast up since then. We don't get bleeped out anymore. As much. It. We'll just say as much. As much. We still have this episode to go, yep. so stick with it, Barb. You, you got this. You got this. I have confidence in you. <laughs> now, you've heard Barb and I talk a lot about this meeting in the past, and we pretty much agree that this is one of our favorite meetings of the year. Mm-hmm. It's also the year that we will be welcoming Barb in as president of the NADL. Why, thank you, Elvis. This is true. So today... We are talking to three of the speakers that will be presenting at the Visions 21 meeting in January. First up, we've got Miss Megan Nakanishi. She's hosting the Fireside Chat, sort of kind of like a panel, but it's a little more casual. It's about the next generation laboratory management. Then we talk to Joseph Apap, CDT, MDT who is talking about powering up your team. And we wrap it up with the keynote speaker for the whole event, Miss Shauna Sukau, who is going to talk about recession-proofing your lab, which is an excellent, excellent lineup. Remember, this is just three of the many speakers and topics that we will have at the Vision 21 meeting. It's at the Palms Casino Resort and Spa in Las Vegas, January 16th through 18th, 2020. Join us, dun-dun-dun, as we chat with Megan, Joe, and Shauna. Nanoceramic is the new buzzword in full arch dentistry, and for a good reason. But what exactly is nanoceramic? If you're like me, you might be wondering. 
A nanoceramic is an advanced restorative material that blends ciliated glass and a polymer matrix together at the molecular or nano level. Ciliated glass drives the superior aesthetics and durability of this material, and the advanced polymer fibers drive the elasticity and lifelike feel. Blended at the perfect ratio, the glass and polymer matrix creates the ideal combination of lifelike functionality and long-term durability. Crystal Ultra by Digital Dental is comprised of 70% ciliated glass and 30% advanced polymers. This 70-30 mix is the magic that makes Crystal Ultra the ideal material for full arch dentistry, creating the perfect mix of durability and high aesthetics. In combination with the semi-flexible bar structure, a Crystal Ultra-based fixed hybrid denture is the most beautiful and durable full arch restoration in the industry, period. To learn more about the future of full arch dentistry, visit crystalultra.com voices. Crystal Ultra, feel the difference. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So we are joined by Megan Nakanishi from yeah. Nakanishi Dental Laboratories. And are you in Seattle? Bellevue, technically. Bellevue. All right. Bellevue. But is that like close enough that everyone just assumes you're in Seattle? Everyone says Seattle. We're 15 minutes outside Seattle. We're home of Bill Gates. Oh, I know, right? Nice. nice. Favorite place on earth is Seattle. I love it out there. Beautiful. Oh, I love it too. I love it too. <laughs> One day I'm coming to your lab. I'm going to stay there a couple Yay. nights too. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yep. Do you guys just want me to leave? No, or no, what's no, going on? Uh, <laughs> so, Megan, you are a third generation lab owner. Yes, sir. And it's you and your sister running a lab that your grandfather started. In 1953. Wow. Right about when you were born, Albert. Yeah, yeah, just about, just about. So you are speaking at this year's or next year's, God, I always do that. You're speaking at the 2020 Visions 21 meeting. You're holding what's called a fireside chat. Yes, sir. I This will be I, the fireside part. I'm curious how they're going to make that work on stage. I think uh, Las Vegas is very, uh, they frown upon open flame, <laughs> I think. So. Uh, right, we'll see. I don't think so. Tell me what's different between a fireside chat and a panel discussion. Well, you know, I think we're trying to mix it up a little bit. You know, everybody's heard of panels. We've all seen them done. And I think this fireside chat is really going to be a more open, casual, conversational type discussion about next generation laboratory ownership. So we've got really awesome panelists or excuse me, fireside chatters. Is that what we're going to call them? <laughs> yeah, I think you could say that. Yes. Right? Um, from across the country with various backgrounds and levels of engagement in the laboratory industry. And um, it, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm super excited to bring these guys up on stage and uh, just kind of grill them a little bit, talk about what challenges they're seeing, what opportunities they're seeing. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, their enthusiasm for the industry is going to show through because I'm super, you know, excited about this industry as a third generation lab owner and 
um, I think it's be cool to hear what these second gen lab owners have to say. So who's going to be on um, your chat? We've got Mike Farrago from Concord Dental Lab in uh, Massachusetts. We've got Dory Satoris from DCS Dental Laboratory in Florida. And we've got Joseph Young from Young Dental Laboratory in Pennsylvania. Nice. That's a good group. That's a good group. Because I know Joe, I think is third generation. Is he really? He might be. He oh, might be. maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll text him later to find out. This is all the pre-planning that we do. So do you come up with all the questions to ask them? Or is it, um, did people submit questions to you guys? Or how does that work? So we've got a committee that is going to come up with the questions. And uh, yeah, I will just tell you guys right now, in sixth grade, I was voted most likely to be a television talk show host. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is like fulfilling my sixth grade dreams, quite honestly. So I right. need to, yeah, get up there, ask some really deep and probing questions. And we're just going to, we're going to keep the audience engaged. Everyone's going to walk away, like learning something or feeling something. It's going to be cool. Great. So do you guys get to run through the questions before? Or will all the questions be the first time the guests are here? No, we'll probably, We'll give them a little bit of a, a preview into kind of what to prepare and, and what to expect. But I think a lot of magic comes from some of the off the cuff stuff. And um, I hope we can involve the audience too and get them to really ask some questions and, and share their perspectives as well. So what sort of topics will you guys be covering? I think a lot of the topics are going to be about, you know, how the generational component has come in. So I know, Barb, you're a multi-generational lab owner too, but yep. understanding, you know, what our strengths and weaknesses might be in comparison to the previous generations, hmm. um, our perspective on what this industry looks like now compared to the previous generation's perspective. What are some of the things that we're doing differently? I, I think a lot of it's going to be a bit of a, a compare and contrast question, but hopefully that's interesting to the, to the audience. Absolutely. I find it interesting. You recently spoke at the DS Marketing Summit about millennials and hiring them. And I'm sure these lab owners, while they might not all be millennials, I'm sure they have a perspective on hiring and motivating millennials. Absolutely. A, a totally different perspective on the millennial generation, on technology and how we can use technology. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really fascinating. I'm hoping to learn something. I'll probably be the one up there like drooling over all these responses. <laughs> I did. Hey, don't forget, you got you to ask questions. You can't just sit there and soak it all in. You got to keep it going. Right? I know. <laughs> So is it a 45-minute um, presentation, an hour? How long is it? We have been given a full 60 minutes, and it's going to be a full awesome. buckle your seatbelt 60 minutes of pure thrill. Oh. Is that on um, Saturday or Friday? Friday or Saturday? Friday Friday before the lunch break. Okay, cool. All right. And everyone's going to be there, so there's no excuse. You know, we're all flying in Thursday, right? Because we're going to go to all the Thursday fun. Absolutely. And we're not first on Friday. So any stragglers from, you know, the late night gamblers, we're going to, we're going to have a full house. This is like prime time. Yeah, you will. Prime time. Friday uh, at Vision. I love it. I'm excited for you. I can't wait. So have you ever done a group chat before or is this your first time? You know, this is not my first time, Elvis. Not my first time. Um, no, I've moderated some panels on the state level and they've always been really fun. It I am not good at a lot of things, but I will say I feel like I am like born to be a moderator, a panel moderator. Do you find it easier than just speaking by yourself? Absolutely, because I think inherently I'm more interested in what other people have to say. So I think my general curiosity makes me a great panel host. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I have a question. Is your dad still in the lab? He is. He is. He um he actually just moved out of his bench, so he's 
occupied a, an office space and a bench space for a number of years. And kind of symbolically this past week, he's, um, he's given up his technical bench to my sister, Kayla, CDT, well-deserved. And uh, yeah, it's wow. been a pretty big symbolic event for us at the lab, but very much involved still. And uh, yeah, huge inspiration and motivator for me. I didn't know your sister was in the lab. So she's in the lab now. How, how, how long has she been there? Yeah, she's been in the lab for about six years. Oh. And she just recently passed her CDT exam earlier this year. And huge, I mean, huge pride moment for our entire family, you know, third generation certified dental technician. Uh, my grandfather, who was a CDT, um, is still alive, um, 95 years old, and he could not have been more proud of my sister. So Aww. a really neat time for our family. I know. So you're the letdown. <laughs> I am exactly the letdown. Elvis knows exactly right. I am the, the least impressive knocking. Right? <laughs> Aren't you the, the genius with the business and marketing and all of that important stuff as well? I mean, that's my sister and I. She's, you know, the sales and marketing and I'm the tech. So it's kind of worked really right? well. Yep. Absolutely. No, we're good. We're good complimenters of each other. Yep. Awesome. I hope to meet her. Will your dad or sister be at Visions? You know, I should probably get them to come to that, huh? It's, um, yeah. yeah. We were honored with the uh, Lab of the Year Award several years ago and they came to that meeting, but um, nice. I should definitely bring them bring them along. It's hard though. You know, when you're in a family business, all three of us being gone from the lab is kind of a hardship sometimes. Oh, oh I get yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get that. So you've been coming to Visions for a while then. When was the first time you came to Visions? You know, my first Vision meeting, it was my first dental lab industry meeting actually. So what a great meeting. Really? And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Probably about 10 years ago now. It is still my must attend meeting. I will not miss this meeting because I think it is that valuable. It's such a different meeting from the Chicago midwinter meeting. Um, I always look at the Chicago meeting as very vendor product technology focused. Mm -hmm. And this meeting is purely business. It's lab owners, managers, um, and it's a, a whole different level of discussion that I find so incredibly valuable. It's just a can't miss meeting for me. And I encourage everybody to attend. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully um, this podcast will be delivered to different um, people that don't usually attend that meeting. And we're trying to reach those people so they can find out how wonderful it is. So I completely agree with you. I remember your first meeting because it was a DRA meeting way back when, yep. I think. It was in conjunction with that. And then you came. Yep. I remember that really well. Little baby Megan. Yep. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, awesome, Megan. I am looking forward to the fireside chat. I always enjoy group discussions like the roundtables or panel discussions, but this I'm really looking forward to. I know some of the people that are going to be on it, but I don't know everybody. So I think I'll get a nice perspective from... Uh, different people and different backgrounds and how they run their lab. I'm really looking forward to it. You and me both, Alvin. Yay. And I think we're going to be there live. So hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you either probably after Fireside Chat and get your perspective on how it went and how stoked you are for the meeting. I look forward to that as well. Awesome. Appreciate it, Megan. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks, much. guys. Thanks for all you're doing for the industry. Love it. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. So we have with us today another speaker who will be at the Visions 21 meeting in January of 2020, we have Joe Apap. Joe Apap is a CDT, but he's also a MDT. Is that correct, sir? That is correct. Master dental technician? Nice. I know. Yes. Wow. Uh, and it's. I'd like to differentiate the fact. So there are master CDTs, 
Uh, I don't hold that designation, just to clear that up. I am a certified dental technician in Crown Bridge, and I'm a technologist too, the TE. Uh, and I hold a master dental technician certification that I received at NYU with uh, Vinny Alleluia back in the mid-90s. I actually did some research on that program. I wanted to go to it, and um, so I know all about it. So congratulations. Yeah. It's still an amazing uh, program. Yes, I'm very, very proud to hold that and to be a CDT as well. Yep, I'm with you. You're at Visions talking about powering up your team. Now, before we got started, you were talking about your kind of history with labs, and I know you just left town and country, but kind of go through a brief history of your time in labs. I go back 45 years. I studied uh, dental technology at New York City College of Technology back in the mid-70s. From there, I went to work. I'll I'll be brief with this. Uh, My first job was at uh, in the city, as a matter of fact. So I've gone full cycle. It was at a laboratory (laughs) called Porcelain Jackets Incorporated. My first wow. job was making platinum matrices. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I got a promotion. I was opaquing platinum matrices. And uh, that became very redundant for me. And it didn't seem like they were going to be moving me up past that. So I did get an opportunity in Long Island at a lab called Maurice Toff, where I was doing plaster work. But he promised he would show me more. So I started doing uh, work in the plaster department. As most technicians, you know, when they first start, uh, they do that. And that's the foundation of everything we do. And uh, I'm glad the time that I spent at Maurice Toff because I learned at Maurice Toff that I'm great at developing systems and, uh, and being efficient and doing good work efficiently, creating a system. He was amazed at how much I can do myself as far as the assembly department. I did translate that same kind of workflow ethic to Crown and Bridge. Uh, so from the uh, from assembly, I learned to trim dyes and I would then paint the dyes. I learned to do Crown and Bridge. And I learned this at City Tech, so it's not like I didn't know anything about it. And I, I've been, just to give you even more history, going back before my time at City Tech, God, I was in grade school, in uh, like junior high school, and I knew that I was very interested in the arts and the science. And uh, somehow through talking to a family dentist, uh, he seen this uh, this passion in me and he gave me a jar of extracted teeth, oh. which I thought was bizarre. But he said, take a bar of soap. And then, I'm in junior high school now. Take a bar of soap and, and carve these teeth. So I And he gave me books to read. There was one book I'll never forget. It was called Teeth, Teeth, Teeth. So I've been interested in dentistry since I'm what, 12? <laughs> wow. Yes. And, and he, he was the one who wanted me to be a dentist. So my story is I went to NYU for four years. I have my bachelor. I was pre-dental in NYU. He had influence in NYU. And um, I got my bachelor's pre-dental biology, then realized that I really don't want to be a dentist. But what I wanted to do was more of the technical side or the, the artistic side. So that's when I took, so I did this backwards. I got my four years of uh, bachelor's and then I got an associate's degree from uh, city. Tech. Uh, uh, wow. So that, that's, that's my, uh, my history there. I went from the um, Porcelain Jackets Incorporated to Maurice Toff from Maurice Toff. I moved to Staten Island. So I got a job at Staten Island called, New Expressions, mm-hmm. where I continued to do Crown and Bridge. That's around the time I got, I got my CDT in Crown and Bridge. Mm-hmm. And I was his only uh, metal guy. But, so my expertise through most of my career, and I sat at the bench until I 
got my position at Town & Country, which was so 35 years, I was I sat the bench doing metal work. My production end of what I did in a laboratory was metal work. So I went from uh, new expressions to doing piece work for uh, a few ceramists doing their metal work. Mm-hmm. How I went into business was the owner of uh, one of the laboratories who was the ceramist had owed me so much money. He says, listen, how about I do piece work for you and you take over the business? Wow. So I got his books. I showed him to my accountant and uh, he says he owed me $10,000 at the time. This was back in what, 90, 92. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wound up taking over his business. At that time, I went to, I started doing Friday courses at um, NYU, Dr. Zinner's Full Mouth Rehabilitation. So I took the course one year with a couple of doctors, but uh, Dr. Zinner asked if I would stay on. That's the time when um, I got my master's degree, when I met Paul Federico, Vinnie Alleluia, from the master's program at NYU. I did that master's program for a decade. Uh, so from the like the early 90s to the early 2000s uh, at NYU, and I learned a lot. I got a lot of my business, uh, new business, from doing those Friday courses. It was a full-day Friday course. Mornings were lecture. Afternoons was clinic. Uh, and I would do work in my laboratory uh, for the clinic, for the doctors. And of course, you know, we I would charge them for it. But I learned so much about treatment planning during that time and about you know treatment planning with implants, combination implants and, and crown and bridge cases. I'm very indebted to NYU and to Dr. Zinner uh, personally and to Vinnie Alleluia and Paul Federico, who were part of the program as well at the time. You know, it's funny talking about going full cycle here at Biodental Sciences. There's a there's a fellow. His name is Mark. He goes every Friday to NYU. And Dr. Zinner has since passed on. So Mark here, every Friday, goes to uh, NYU and is doing that full mouth rehabilitation program. I had stopped. After 10 years, I I had enough of that. (laughs) But it's funny how here I am and there's someone here that's continuing uh, where I left off there. So it's uh, kind of fateful that, uh, again, once again, it's funny how life goes full cycle the way it has here. Yeah. What is your um, lecture on at Vision? Tell us a little bit about your presentation. Powering up your team, which is, again, very faithful because kind of what I did at, at Town Country as general manager, you know, you have, you know, the technicians and you want to kind of power them up. It's a different situation with Town & Country. Town & Country today is a 65-year-old laboratory. When I started from with them, it was a, a 52-year-old uh, laboratory. Yeah, they've been around a long time, so their culture there is deeply ingrained. They're a very successful laboratory, but the way business was done back 50 years ago is different the way business is being done today, and it was hard to change a culture that's so deeply entrenched. And again, I'm very, very grateful and, and indebted for my time at Town & Country, but it was more of an, an enabled culture. Are you trying to tell us that technicians are hard to change? <laughs> We're all hard to change. Yes, we are. If you want to improve yourself, the only way to improve anything is to change it from where its current state is. So unless you accept that fact, then, you know, it's just going to always be status quo. It'll always be, you know, where you are. So if you don't embrace change, you'll never grow. You'll never improve. You'll never get better. Everybody wants to get better, but everybody, you know, is reluctant to change. So that's kind of a contradiction in itself. I can tell you um, one of the reasons I think I've remained successful in my career is my ability to adapt to change. And you see so much change 
in our industry that it's just constantly where you need to put your headspace. Something that says if you don't embrace it, you die. If you don't change, you die. And it's true. So, That's right. you know, a lot of us just hate that, though. So how do you get people to accept it and embrace it? Is that part of your lecture? Yeah, absolutely. Is. And first, you need to know who you are, what you want, what your personal goals are. You know, and I, I do that as a leader, as a as a manager. You know, I need to have that straight within myself first mm-hmm. for personal goals. And I have my personal goals. I have many personal goals. They're very concrete. I know what it is that I want to do personally and professionally. And right now at this point in my career, you know, I want to share my experiences to this new group of technicians that are coming in and also work with experienced technicians who have the skill set but don't necessarily have the digital skill set and to use their knowledge and incorporate it into the digital aspect of what we're doing. We've turned into a digital industry here. Oh, yeah. You know, I see it time and time again. Laboratories are bringing in kids with little to no dental experience, figuring, you know, they know how to use a mouse. They know how to use software and uh, we'll teach them. That kind of works. That model kind of works. But unless you have experienced dental technicians who know anatomy and know occlusal schemes, that's it's going to wind up hurting the business and hurting our industry if we don't recognize the fact that we need to, while we're still around, the older technician that has the experience at the bench and transfer that knowledge to the newer, more digital technicians of today, and not just to the technicians, but to the software developers as well. You know, this information, and a lot of it is already. I mean, look, we have Lee Culp putting together designs for our full contour crowns and whoever else is doing. You know, we have companies like Vita uh, making uh, anatomy and uh, our models for our full contour crowns. So there's a lot of science that's being put in there, but uh, we need to continue to do that, to grow so that we move forward in a positive. It can't just be computer. It's, it's still digital dental that we're, we're working with, digital, digital dental technology. It's not just a digital technology. It's still dental, and we have to still focus on the dental. That is our primary focus. Digital is just a tool. What it is that we do and how we do it and the science behind we, what we do, the biomechanical science of what we do has to be deeply programmed in this software. And that's kind of one of the things that we're doing here at Biodental Sciences. Nice. I like it. How are you taking the technician that has the knowledge and the skill and getting them comfortable with the computer? Because that's what we run into here is a lot of them don't want anything to do with it. You know, so how, how I do it, all right, is the technicians who have the dental technology skill set, I have them review. They don't have to sit at the computer. If they're not, look, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. So, but they can look at a screen and see, even though it's not a model, like we're used to holding models. So looking at it three-dimensionally, and what I tell the, the digital technicians who are working the computers is when they're working with a older technician who's more experienced, make sure you show them all angles, all right? He, he may not direct you. Inherently, what we do when we're holding a physical model, uh, not even thinking about it, we're constantly moving it around as we're looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we just bring up one static image and say, okay, here, review this case, it's not how technicians look at a case. Oh. We're, we look at a case and we're moving it around. So I tell the, the digital technician to give them all views and say, how do you want me to move this around? Just move it around for them. And as you move it around, instruct the senior technician to tell them to stop where you want them to stop. So I'll work with that team and I, I team them up. 
so that the designs that the digital technicians are doing, especially the larger ones, are being approved by the senior technicians who are going to wind up getting the post-processing after we do the design, after we do the mill. These senior techs are the ones that are going to finally do the actual physical work. So to keep the adjusting down to a minimal, which is what our goal is to do, because you don't want to compromise. First of all, it takes too much time to have to do adjustments post-process. And also you're compromising the integrity of the materials. Zirconia, if you do too much grinding or Emacs or whatever it is that we're milling, not so much with the PMMA, but we are looking to create efficiency. Technology is about improving quality, improving workflow efficiency, and reducing our costs. And technology used right, especially CAD CAM technology, can do just that and has been doing just that for our industry. Absolutely. It's a big challenge with teams, you know, getting the the newly digital technicians to give what the seasoned technicians want and uh, vice versa. It's always been a challenge. You just have to create a method of communication. All right. Explain to them what our goal is. And the goal is to have minimum adjustment. So and to have that. You know, we need to make sure that design is what it is before we send it to mill. So when we team them up, we create a nice, comfortable uh, situation. So in powering up my team uh, and that particular team, that smaller team of a senior tech that's going to be handling the, the contouring of something that's milled and the designer. What is our goal? You know, you want to have something that's going to have minimal change. So we know what the goal is. And to empower that team, you know, so I'm big on empowering. I don't want to have to sit there myself and kind of oversee this. I'll oversee it in the beginning uh, as they're initially working. But once I'm comfortable that they're working together well, then I'll let them go. And I'll let them make a mistake. It's okay to let teams make mistakes. It's the best way to learn. We learn from our mistakes. I have no problem with that. And, And I'll let them know. I let my teams know right away. It's okay if you make a mistake. Just let me know so we can learn from it. The important thing is to learn from mistakes. I'm okay with mistakes. It's part of how I manage and how I empower people. If you are going to reprimand somebody who makes a mistake, then they're going to be shy of doing it again. Uh, You want them to be doing it again. It's when a person makes a mistake and then you go back and you do a little retraining, which I do, and work with that team again. When that mistake happens again, and it happens again and happens again. That's when I have to make a decision. Is that person in the right seat? Sure. So we might have to kind of shuffle that person to another seat uh, and we'll find a seat that works well for them. I'm not big on, on letting people go, so I'll give them every opportunity. But if I can't find a seat after three or four tries, then I might have to have a sit down with them and say, you know, maybe this this isn't for you. Yeah. It's a tough thing to have to do. It's not one of the uh, the things that I look forward to doing, but we have a business to run. You know, we're responsible for getting our good quality work on time. That's the basis of, of what we do. You know, we get a doctor's prescription. It's got a return date on it. It has instructions. So it's simple what we do. Follow the instructions, get it to him on time. Quality, try to keep your costs down. But if we have an employee, a technician who is kind of compromising that process, uh, we try to find a good a position for them within the company. Uh, again, if, if that doesn't pan out after several tries, I, do, I go like three, I'll even go four seats. I'll even ask him, you know, what, where do you feel that you would like, like to be here? And I'll put them there and we'll try them out there. But if it doesn't work out, people just can't continually make the same mistake. 
It's okay to make different mistakes because you learn from every one of those mistakes. But when you're making the same mistake over and over again, that's when um, decisions need to be made. I get that. I like to manage by finding people doing things right and complimenting them on that. The, the things when they go wrong, you don't have to find. They find you. You just have to address it with the people that, that were involved, do that retraining, like I said, and then um, make sure that they learn from it. And I make it clear, you know, it's okay that this happened, but we need to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Sure. And if it happens again, that's like a second time, third time, fourth time. And that's it in my book. I can't continue to happen. Yeah. So what is your um, time slot for visions? Yeah, I'm, I'm really early. I believe I'm on at 830 in the morning. Excellent. I'm an early bird, so I'm okay with 830. I hope I have a good group of attendees there. Oh, you will. It's an important topic because today to empower one's team is a skill that most lab owners and most lab managers don't empower. They enable and they want to see everything. And you're not, your company is never going to grow uh, that way. You, you, know, you have status quo and you could be a good laboratory, but you're not going to grow. You're not going to be able to replicate what you do. If you're dependent on just you being there and overlooking. So empowering teams to take over tasks so that and that you don't have to be there is how companies grow. So if companies are looking to grow, then this would be an important uh, lecture to attend. Yeah, it sounds like you have a ton of experience in your career working with different dynamics, with different teams, and learning what works and what doesn't work. I'm excited. I'm going to check this out because you're right. As a laboratory manager, you tend to just think about the process and not emphasize on the teamwork that produces the product. You know, there are doers and there are people who don't do, okay? So doers are the ones who wind up being leaders, but not all doers can be leaders because if you're going to continue to do while you're a leader and you want to do everything, it's going to be very limited to what you're going to be able to do. But if you can lead and empower then you're kind of making little clones of yourself in different aspects of what it is that we've learned to do in our experience. Uh, and that's that's what I do. That's what I excel at. And to put systems in place uh, in laboratories by empowering teams. We're super excited about it. Welcome. Thank you. And um, we look forward to your lecture. Look forward to meeting you in Vegas. And I will definitely be there at 830 in the morning on a Saturday. Me too. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it as well and, and to meeting you both as well. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Yep. Okay. Joining us today is the keynote speaker for Visions 21 coming up in January, Shana Suko joins us. She is a marketing expert in the B2B region. Am I, am I getting that correct? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So you're wrapping up all of Visions. You are the keynote. And I'm interested... Wow. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure. No, pressure. <laughs> no, no, no. When we came to you and asked for you to be our speaker, have you ever heard of our industry before? Well, my husband and I probably should own stock in our dentist's practice, and he should probably have his own parking space uh, <laughs> because we have put both of our dentist's children through college. So, <laughs> so I know about it. I know yeah. that there are labs that have had to produce a lot of the things that have gone into his mouth. So I've never delved into it 
until prepping for this keynote. So it's been really interesting to learn what's going on in your industry. So did you know that the restorations are made by laboratories? Or were you one of those people that always thought the dentist made everything? I thought that there was a group of magic elves in the back. <laughs> nice. That he would disappear and a couple days to a week later, out would come these beautiful you know, teeth. No, I, I knew that he, he worked with a lab to do a, a lot of the things that he does. So mm, I did yeah. know that. Nice. Okay. Which essentially you guys are magic elves. Am I, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. We work crazy hours all night long, yeah. Saturdays, Sundays. Definitely. And make magic uh, yep. Yep. And we usually sing songs while we do it. <laughs> so. That's great. So what did you learn about our industry when you were prepping for it? I, I, uh, I'm curious. The most interesting thing is you're the first industry that I will have spoken to that's really embraced 3D printing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that never would have occurred to me. But now that I've learned about your industry and really embracing that, it makes perfect sense. But I, I wonder about the implications of that. And I'm still, I'm still doing a lot of research and I'm wondering what that is going to do for jobs in your industry and so forth. So I'm, I'm still in the middle of researching and there are still some, some things, some trends that will take shape before the end of the year. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So who are you working with? Are you allowed to say the labs that have offered you the, the answers to the questions you have? Well, there's this giant lab called Google that I start with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always a good place to learn all truthful information. Yeah. <laughs> And I've, I've listened to this amazing podcast. Never heard of it. That actually you might be familiar with that has interviewed a lot of key people in your industry. And I, I listened to the recap that you did of the conference last year. And yeah, so I'm working my way through articles that have been written and I will eventually get to key people in the industry. I don't know who those are yet. Those would be supplied by my contact at NHL. Nice. I like it. Do you do this with a lot of industries that you speak to, that you walk in to not knowing much about it and have to do the research? Absolutely. So about 80% of what I study applies to all industries because trends impact a lot of us the same way because at the end of the day, we're just, we're humans and we're trying to conduct business and sell things and market things and attract buyers. So about 80% is the same. And then there's that 20% variable that is really different. And that's really curls my toes to learn about different industries. So I've done, for example, um, pest control. (laughs) That was interesting Yeah, I uh, to learn what some of these companies have to deal with, depending on, I don't know whether you live in Florida, Barb, Yeah. and an alligator is considered a pest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would think so. And the automotive industry, which I think is one of the industries poised for the most disruption, uh, it's Mm. already starting. Um, But yeah, every industry is like a different puzzle that I get to uh, research and try to solve. So it's, it's, it's really cool. It keeps me keeps me on my toes for sure. Yeah, I'd say that sounds pretty interesting. So the um, title of what you're speaking of is Recession Proofing Your Lab Now. Can you give us a tiny bit of an insight into what you're going to gear that towards? Uh, Absolutely. So I'm going to start with national trends that are affecting all of us as Americans, as humans. Mm -hmm. Um, Will there be people from other countries at this conference? Uh, Probably. Yeah. 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 A majority of it, I would say, are U.S.-based. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. I start with national trends that are affecting all of us. And then I get more specific and talk about consumer trends because even in business to business, the people on, on the buying end, they're just consumers at the end of the day that mm-hmm. are impacted by the same trends as if they were buying a, a, a big ticket item uh, like a dishwasher or a car or the same trends apply and the same hesitations and the same buyer habits still apply. And then that last portion is where I drill down to trends that are impacting your industry now. And then I make predictions for the five things that I believe are going to impact your industry the most in the next five years. Wow. Awesome. It's a puzzle and I'm currently unlocking it. It's really interesting to me. Do you think there's a recession coming? Because I know there's a lot of talk about a possible recession. Bum, bum, bum. We know there is because it's cyclical. It's just a matter of when. And all indicators, well, for this robust period of expansion, all bets have been off because it's the longest period of expansion. But the typical indicators point to the recession happening, I believe, at the end of 2020. And Mm. I believe it won't be as severe or long lasting as the last one. So that's the good news. But the other good news is, if you look at it this way, we know it's coming, so we can prepare for it rather than be surprised by it, like the recession that happened after 9-11 that caught us all off guard. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, you know, preparation, and there are absolutely things that every business can do to prepare. And uh, it's it's all about adapting to the way your customers are going to behave during the recession and then kind of layering on what kind of trends are going on in our culture anyway. Like the the major trends of the past five years is we've all stopped answering the phone. Oh, yeah. We don't like it when uh, we see a number on our phone that we don't recognize. We just, we just don't answer it. Um, and so that makes it hard for us to reach buyers. They don't, you know, they're not going to just pick up the phone to talk to somebody in sales. And if you leave a voicemail, they're likely not going to return the call. Um, so prospecting has become really difficult. Email doesn't work like it used to. The phone doesn't work like it used to. So there are a lot of businesses that are struggling because they're just doing more of that, thinking, well, it's a numbers game. I'll just do more calling. And uh, in this case, more is not more. So yeah, the more you call, the less you answer. Yeah, and the more that your potential buyers get irritated, mm-hmm. and we don't want to, we don't want to irritate them. And, and then uh, you know there are things like interruption marketing. Like if you've watched a YouTube video lately and you've been forced, forced to watch a four-second ad, <laughs> how irritating is that? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, and I usually don't finish the video nope. because I get so upset at the ad. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And so you bring the advertiser and the video who's hosting it. So yeah, there's a lot at stake. But interestingly, a lot of these undercurrents are being masked by this robust economy. So when the economy drops off, all will be revealed. Oh. So the people that adapt now to these undercurrents, they're going to be okay during the recession. And the people that are surprised, like, wow, cold calling hasn't really worked for five years and I've still been doing it. Mm. They're going to be in a world of pain. I always say advertise to others how you want to be advertised to yourself. Amen, Elvis. (laughs) Because I hate cold calling because Uh I hate when people cold call the lab. Yeah. Yes. Me too. And they interrupt what you're doing and change your focus. And it's so hard for us 
as humans to focus these days because there's so much coming at us all day, every day. And so once we get into our, our groove and somebody tries to interrupt us to sell us something, oh my gosh, daggers. And yeah. no salesperson wants to be starting off on that kind of footing. Yep. You can definitely have the wrong impression right oh, off yeah. the bat. So you have an added value workshop also, Shauna. So can you tell us yes. about that? That's after, when is that, in the late afternoon? Yes, it's on Saturday afternoon, and it's a three-hour deep dive. Wow. It's called Don't Become Extinct, Join the Sales Evolution. It is all about, okay, now you've learned what the trends are, and I've touched on what you can do. Now let's do a deep dive into exactly what that means and how to do it step-by-step. So it's more of a hands-on and really brainstorming what you need to do, what steps you need to take. Because what really bothers me is so many of us go to a conference and then we go back to work on Monday and we get so busy, we just get into the same habits. And I would like to prevent that as much as possible and get people thinking differently and starting to take those steps so they're more likely to continue them. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. If you don't put it into practice right away, you're not going to do it. Right. How likely are you to look back at your conference notes three months from now? You're supposed to take notes. I take notes. <laughs> I take notes. I'm old school. I'm I still take notes. <laughs> so funny, in a, a lot of my sessions, I'll say, okay, everybody take out a piece of paper. Yeah. And so many people stare at me like, I don't have that or a pen. What? <laughs> yeah. Take out your phone and start writing your notes on your phone. It's, it's so much more likely to stick with you, I think, if you write it out. Yeah. So I do still, maybe it's old school of me, but I do still like to write things out. So how much is the workshop going to be geared towards laboratories? Are you going to spend as much time on the keynotes presentation that you will in the workshop, making sure it's relevant to labs? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. This doesn't work unless I understand your industry. Uh, again, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of that workshop will be what I know is working across all industries, according to all of my research. And then the 20%, I have to be on top of my game or otherwise uh, I'm not going to be able to help you. Well, don't get too deep in our business because you'll go crazy if you get too deep. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a labyrinth? Yeah, we're all a little extroverted, introverted, and um, a little bit crazy, but we all love what we do and we enjoy it tremendously. So how did you start speaking? Obviously, that's a gift of yours. What got you into it? It was not a gift at the beginning, Barb. I I wrote a book that was kind of a tell-all. I started out in the hospitality industry. I was a buyer and salespeople were still selling to me the same way you know, over the course of 20 years. And I was in a group of buyers, a private group where they would complain about salespeople, but nobody would tell them, nobody would help them to adapt. And so I wrote a tell-all and revealed all the things that buyers complain about Mm. and it resonated. And the phone started ringing back when I did answer the phone, the phone started ringing (laughs) and um, people were saying, can you come and speak? And I thought, oh my gosh, No, 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 no. I was one of those people, you know, that would rather do anything other than get up on a stage in front of people. And the more I did it, the more I thought, okay, I need to get out of my own head. I'm here to help people. And if I focus on that, it won't be so bad. And then at some point it became a pleasure and I gave up my other company and I do this full time now because I just love it. 
Wow. What's the name of that book? It's called, uh, well, that one was called Planner Pet Peeves, and it was all about mm. people in the hospitality industry meeting an event and convention planners all over the world who buy hotel space and buy transportation yeah. and buy food and beverage and tourism is a massive industry. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money to be had and to be spent. And so that was my first industry for 20 years. Once I discovered that the trends affecting our industry were affecting all industries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was when the door opened and I was really wow. shoved up on a stage against my will. Oh. <laughs> wow. But now it's just, uh, I just love it. I it's It's really cool. It's really enriching when I see people connecting with what I'm saying. And when they come up to me afterward and say, I'm going to try this or, wow, I never thought of it that way. It's so amazing. Sure. The reward has to be great. Sounds to me like we're going to learn to um, connect to our clients and our dentists a little bit differently and how to sell to them and how to reach them and how to connect to them in a different way, which I'm excited about. That is a hundred percent of it, Barb, because dentists at the end of the day are, are just human. They're just consumers like all of us. And they, you know, don't like the four second video before the YouTube, uh, the four second ad either. You like the rest of it, you know, at the end of the day, we have to adapt to the way people want to buy and it can't be the way we want to sell. And that's the gap. Love that. Have you ever worked with a group of dentists? I, I have not. Okay. I've worked in different medical fields. Um, earlier this year, I spoke to a group of hearing aid professionals. Oh. Right. And so they're kind of in the middle. They work with the manufacturers who want to sell to them, and then they want to sell to the consumer. So it's fairly similar of a role where you're trying to reach the, the middleman who reaches the consumer. Love it. Did everybody have, I can't hear you jokes and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that would have probably been in poor taste, but man, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're thinking of it. So, what'd you say? What? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It was that was a really interesting industry too. Just all the displays that they have. I can't wait to see your trade show. Yeah, what could possibly? Oh, be yeah, it's amazing. There. It's amazing. And if you want to visit a lab, you're more than welcome to come to mine um, anytime before January. It's beautiful down in Florida. We've got printers, mills, all kinds of CAD cam. So you let me know. You're more than welcome. Elvis is closer to you. Go to Florida. Don't don't come to Indiana. <laughs> yeah, Elvis, I'm sorry. You kind of lose out if, if I'm given a choice. Yeah. <laughs> but Elvis, I did check out your website and some of the images on there will be with me for a long time. I'll just say that. From my lab's website or the podcast website? From, from your lab website. Oh. Yeah, images of the bolts that go into someone's mouth to hold. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's to like a fake gum line. That's going to be with me for a while because I don't yeah. want to think about that, but I can't help it now. So thanks for that. Yeah. If, if there's one thing that will improve from you going to one of these conferences is you'll have better oral care of yourself because you don't want to end up needing our products. No, I don't. And I get a gold star from my dentist every time I go in. I am all about oral health. All right. Yeah. Love it. Well, awesome. What is your website that people can check you out before the conference? My website is shaunasuko.com. And they can find my books on Amazon if they want to check those out. Uh, but I look forward to seeing you two in person and seeing this conference. 
Well, it's going to be amazing. And I like to come early and hear what the other speakers are saying as well. So I, I get an additional kind of feel for what is going on. So we can't wait. Awesome. Yeah. We are excited. It's Barb and I's favorite conference yep. out of all the ones we do. We absolutely love it. Yep. It's super cool. And uh, Barb's going to be president of the association Yay. this year. Wow. Next year when it starts. Yeah. So. I'm excited. Does that mean congratulations are in order <laughs> or should yes. I? Yes. Only the third female ever. And I'm a business person as well oh. as a technician. So I'm, I'm really excited. That's amazing. Really privileged. Yeah. So thank you. So make sure when you meet her, you kiss her rings. Oh, you have to do that. I will. I'll bow down. And, you know, we'll have a glass of wine. How about that after you're awesome? That's fantastic. And will you two be uh, recording live yes. on site again as you did last yep. year? Yeah, we're going to try. Yep. Fabulous. Yeah. I always like to watch that for some reason. Yeah, please. I like to talk to people one-on-one too, where you can see their face and it's really fun. We, we love going on the road and we get to meet so many people and just, uh been a great experience so thank you for checking it out well, congratulations Thanks. on your podcast lasting as long as it has and uh, i look forward to meeting you in person awesome. thank you so much thank and you. we will see you in las vegas Woo-woo. fabulous thanks bye 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 Would you like to create beautiful zirconia restorations in just a little over three hours? Anyone? Now you can because Whitmix happily announces that after extensive outside research, Vericor ZR Pro and Vericor ZR Pro ML, which is multi layered zirconia, can now be safely speed centered. The new cycle saves hours of processing time and has no effect on the zirconia's flexural strength and no significant effect on the material's natural aesthetics. The previously recommended centering cycle usually requires anywhere between seven to eight hours to complete. And as you know, most labs center overnight with that schedule. The total time to complete the speed cycle is slightly more than three hours. This enables us to meet the demand for time and cost savings. The decrease in time means a substantial increase in productivity, and of course, that enables us to rush the orders, which as you know in December is pretty much all we do. So your lab can now enjoy fast processing Vericor ZR Pro, one of the industry's most beautiful zirconia materials. Learn more at whitmix.com. And Elvis and I, again, would like to thank Whitmix for your support of the podcast. We appreciate you guys. So a big thanks to Megan Nakanishi, Joe Apap, and Shauna Suko. It takes a lot to get up on stage and talk about what you're passionate about. And I can't wait to hear more of what they have to say. But let's remember, this was only three of the presenters that will be at Visions 21. There will also be Dana Kander talking about how to compete on value instead of price in a commodity business. Which we all need. Yeah, absolutely. That's excellent. Megastar BJ Kowalski talks about metrics that drive success. And if there's anybody that knows about success, it's that guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He's got lots of hair, too. He does have wonderful hair. I'm kind of jealous of it. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. It's just one of those things I noticed, I guess. I don't know. I'm jealous of dudes with good hair. From those who don't, we (laughs) are very jealous of. And then we have Jeremy Dixon talking about building partnerships with small to emerging group practices. Super important. 
They're not all big DSOs that Barb handles. You got to deal with the small and emerging ones too. I agree. And then my all-time favorite and what I love most about the meeting is the Thursday business roundtables. It is one of my favorite parts because you really get to sit down with other attendees and talk real problems and real strategies. I love it. Yeah, I do too, actually. I agree. It's awesome. And that's actually where some of the podcast idea came from is participating in those business roundtables and kind of thinking, wow, maybe these people want to do it on a podcast. No wonder you like it so much. That's where your brainchild came from. Good for you. Awesome. But Vision 21 is more than just speakers on stage. This event is filled with so many great professionals in our industry that it's the time you spend talking to them between events, at lunch, or at a dinner that is worth it alone. Every attendee there, not only to learn, but to share. And that's what makes this event in our industry so great. And you and I will be there and we will be recording live to talk to the attendees and speakers. Last year, it was our first recording face-to-face and we totally loved it. You should do you, your career, and your lab a favor and go to this meeting and start the year off right. A link to find out more and to register is in this episode's show notes, or you can head over to nadl.org slash events to learn more. Now, if you work at or own a dental laboratory and you have never attended Vision 21 meeting, we have a special Voices from the Bench deal for you. Come on. Contact the National Association of Dental Laboratories by phone at 1-800-950-1150 or by email at meetings at nadl.org and tell them that you heard about the Vision 21 meeting on Voices from the Bench and you will get a special rate of almost $200 off the regular attendee price. And they did that for us. Why? Because they love us? That and we want to encourage new people to attend this meeting. So is that for new people only? People that have never been to the meeting before. So come and welcome Madam President Barbara Wojan to the throne and meet some of the industry's biggest names, all while seeing some fantastic speakers. January 16th to the 18th, 2020 at the Palms in Las Vegas. We will see you there. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Don't eat too much. Have a good one. Enjoy the break before the crazy end of the year rush. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Another eight months, I won't even be able to say any words, and we'll just hum. (laughs) 